Hi, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of our new podcast on additive manufacturing, sponsored by the thought leadership team at Siemens. In this podcast, we will focus on the 3D printing industry, what Siemens is working on in this area, and generally anything interesting going on in the additive manufacturing world. With manufacturing on the cusp of what many are calling the fourth industrial revolution, the potential for innovation is immeasurable. These breakthroughs can come in the form of new methods for manufacturing products, improving processes, and even changing business. So in this podcast series, we're discussing important aspects of 3D printing, including innovative things companies are doing with additive manufacturing, what issues companies are finding when attempting to print parts, and what tools are available to address those issues. And we'll talk about Siemens' outlook on additive manufacturing, where we see the industry going. Along the way, we'll also discuss some of the trends facing manufacturers and industry today. And through our conversations with various experts, we'll discuss how these trends are driving a revolution in technology that is enabling companies to be more innovative than ever before. So I'm pleased to introduce my special guest for today, Aaron Frankel. Aaron is the Vice President of the Additive Manufacturing Software Program at Siemens Digital Industries Software. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today about the current landscape of additive manufacturing. But before we dive into our discussion, would you mind giving our listeners a brief description of your role and background at Siemens? Absolutely. I'm Aaron Frankel. I am the Vice President of Siemens Digital Industries Software Additive Manufacturing Program. Part of my responsibility is for our overall additive manufacturing business, Solution Roadmap, and our partner ecosystem. I've been with the company for 23 years, held various positions ranging from an application engineer to product manager to marketing, spanning everything from design, engineering, all the way through manufacturing. Awesome. Well, let's begin by talking a little bit about your view of the current additive manufacturing market. Is additive on track in its maturity and adoption rate? Is it meeting your initial expectations? To be open with you, Ashley, the adoption of additive manufacturing is not meeting my expectations. I think there's still a tremendous amount of untapped opportunity in the market, but I should also point out that my expectations for additive are very high, and maybe I can kind of share with you what those expectations are. I believe that with additive, next generation products are going to be driven into new frontiers of performance and mass individualization. They'll get produced with new flexible manufacturing capabilities on a more distributed manufacturing model. And I think that this is going to unlock new business models for companies. And and I still believe that there's some fundamental capabilities and changes of mentality that are required by industry in order to be able to better take advantage of additive. You know, I'd agree with that. It seems like there's a lot of tire kicking going on with additive, but I also feel we're kind of just now turning the corner where companies are just starting to understand what's possible. And they're just now working through all of those changes of mentality that you mentioned. But, uh, you know, it seems like it's going to be a process that's going to take most organizations a little while to navigate as they build up their additive knowledge. So what else are you seeing in the market? What are some of the strong areas we're seeing customer interest in additive? I'm seeing a lot of certainly interested prototyping. Many companies are leveraging AEM to prototype new products so that they can get it out of the digital world and get their hands on it. I'm also seeing maybe more prototyping of additive manufacturing applications that are going to be scaled into larger production operations. 
we're going to begin to actually use additive manufacturing to produce parts in larger volumes that will go into end-use products. And these types of applications fall into a number of different categories. Some companies are looking at leveraging additive from a part consolidation perspective, where we take multiple parts and combine them into a single part that can be produced. This would be something with much more complicated geometry than the part that was produced using traditional manufacturing methodologies. Also seeing individualization, personalization of products in these types of applications getting produced in higher volumes. Many of these kind of fall in more of the healthcare space. And I should also say that I'm seeing a lot of companies investing in developing applications related to improved performance of the end product. This could be lightweighting. It could be better thermal and flow optimization, where this product that's produced using additive is going to have a stronger contribution to the overall performance of the products that it's in. Those are some of the areas, I think, as I'm talking here, I think I missed another key an important area, which is in the area of production aids and tooling. Companies that are making their initial forays beyond prototyping into additive are also looking to leverage additive and 3D printing to produce parts that are going to help them enhance their manufacturing operations on the shop floor. Instead of outsourcing these components, companies are finding they can use 3D printing to more quickly produce those parts and, and do it at a level that have the strength for the requirements they need on the shop floor in order to get production moving at the levels that they need to. Yeah, you know, it seems like I've seen an uptick in people who are interested in printing manufacturing aids here over the past year or so. I think that printing tooling gives companies a really nice entry point into experimenting with more production type additive. You know, they can print a number of jigs and fixtures. They can work on their output quality. They can experiment with materials and their process. And they can do all that without putting, you know, delivery of an actual product at risk. So it's a great, it's a great way for a company to build up that knowledge base and iron out their additive process without high levels of risk. Now, I know you said that additive is not quite meeting your expectations for adoption. So what do you think needs to happen for companies to fully adopt additive? I think that in order to get us to full adoption of additive, we need to, we meaning the market, the industry needs to be able to better contend with three culprits that I think are killing additive innovation. First, I think that companies need to contend with a change-resistant culture. Sometimes this resides in leadership, but not always. Leaders are often very enthusiastic about additive. Sometimes they can be even overly enthusiastic. It really comes down to the program and the project leaders who can be really difficult to bring around. They're the ones that are responsible for delivering the product to the market. They have to manage the costs. They're on the line to meet the deadlines, and they can't afford risk. And they've got to have a process that works. Maybe it doesn't have to be perfect, but good enough. So why change? So we really need to be able to focus in on helping companies kind of change their culture and perspective of additive. I think secondly, companies need to contend with inefficient project workflows. What we're observing is that with many additive projects today, companies are trying to get up to speed on the software they're using, the hardware 
they're trying to use, and, and sometimes they're connecting together multiple applications of software coming from different vendors. And it's very painful to kind of transfer data between these applications. Whenever a change occurs, the change and the cost of making that change is magnified by the fact that they have to ripple that change through a bunch of disconnected applications that don't talk to each other. And all of this adds waste into additive projects. The third culprit that we have to contend with is the lack of meaningful benefits, I think. Whenever there's a hiccup in a process, what we're seeing is costs go up for companies. Time can drag on. Maybe sometimes product performance might get compromised. And whenever this occurs, you know, the projected benefits that may have persuaded, let's say, a decision maker to push additive forward in the first place don't materialize, I think it becomes harder for them to justify the organization's advancement of additive and adoption of additive. And I think these are, again, you know, three of the big challenges that industry faces. Yeah, so I'll, I'll second that. You know very well that we've spent a large amount of effort working on the inefficient process portion. I think it was one of the areas we identified right at the start as an area where Siemens could add value to what our customers are able to do with additive. So our extensive work around the end-to-end additive software process, I think, is what really kind of delivers on that goal. But more recently, it seems like Siemens, our partners, and other companies have been working hard on the other two issues as well, right? The change-resistant culture and lack of meaningful benefits kind of go hand-to-hand in my mind. As you know, we've kind of found that if we show companies in the industry useful real-world examples that hone in on the tangible benefits of additive for product development and production, then we, we start to change minds about the value of additive, the Mighty Duct project we do with HP is a good example of that. And I kind of think if we get enough examples out in the market where the return on investment is fairly self-evident, then I think the momentum is going to begin to shift from resistance to acceptance. I imagine you probably have other examples of, of what we're doing here at Siemens to help our customers address these challenges. And we recognize that overcoming these challenges can be, in some cases, daunting. And, and I think that is Siemens, we have observed these behaviors and we've put in place an approach for helping nurture additive within our customers and with the help of our partner ecosystem. And this approach is a multi kind of step approach, multifaceted approach. When we engage with customers, we make sure that there are experts on the team with deep knowledge and experience in our customers' industry. We set up workshops with our customers to identify what the biggest opportunities for additive manufacturing are. Sometimes we might find that there is not a a viable opportunity for the technology, and if that's the case, we'll, we'll just say so. From there, when we find opportunities that we agree on, we spend time up front before any work is started to scope out the workflow. We ensure that the proper tools are in place and making sure that everything is going to be as streamlined as possible. And then, and only then, we begin the work. And that's in close collaboration with our customers. It often involves hands-on training, consulting services, and support. And as the project goes on, we make sure that we're tracking to our planned objectives. And once we complete what we intend to achieve, we make sure that all the results are documented. We articulate the reasons why 
you know, we may have deviated from the expectations, but usually we end up hitting the target. That's kind of the process that we've put in place for helping our customers adopt and, and advance their adoption and deployment and scaling up of additive. Yeah, I think this kind of hand-in-hand work is what it's going to take to get the adoption of additive that we'd all really like to see in the market. You know, assisting companies with understanding not just the core additive process, but also the surrounding processes like post-processing, shop floor management, materials management, and so forth. You know, that's something I think we're really doing right at the moment. But it seems to me that another thing we've done right so far is that we've set up a really good ecosystem of partners we work with. We've recognized early on that in order to industrialize additive and and help industry adopt additive, that we as Siemens cannot do it alone, and we won't be able to do it by ourselves. And so we've built a vast network of partners, both within Siemens businesses and across both software and hardware industries out in the market. We focus in on building an ecosystem based on our customers' needs, their strategic endeavors. And we work very closely up front with our customers to outline what the objectives are. We align with our partner ecosystem in order to make sure that we have the proper alignment of our technology roadmaps. Then we also work together on building opportunities to engage together on the business side in order to help go to market and help our customers ramp up their additive operations. Within Siemens, we have included within our broad solution base motion control automation capability. We also include factory automation capabilities. And as we develop our solutions and look to be able to better connect and drive sophisticated 3D printing machinery, we look to ensure that we have the proper interfaces in place and the proper capabilities within the software to define what the hardware is needing to do in order to be able to produce repeatable quality parts as would be expected. We also recognize that we're not going to be able to develop all the software that our customers need for an industrial additive solution. And and here we've tapped into industry and developed very deep strategic relationships with a handful of companies on the software side in order to be able to insert key technology and capabilities into our solution set that preserve the digital thread, meaning that when we use these tools that are coming from our partners within the Siemens solution set, that the customer's user experience is the same experience that they would have with the Siemens tools. So they're accessing the capability through our UI. And we're also maintaining the proper data structures to ensure that we have the continuity of the data such that when we make changes that we're able to ripple those changes all the way from a design through the process plan to be able to produce the part on the equipment. And then, you know, we have many relationships with a number of machine OEMs that are developing 3D printing capability as well as post-processing capability in order to be able to drive the equipment in the most proficient way at the right level of fidelity to be able to control the process such that, again, we get the quality and repeatable quality of the parts coming off those machines 
to meet the end customer's objectives. So it's a quite extensive approach. It requires, you know, certainly a lot of communication and dialogue and alignment together, but we found that you know, our partners are eager to achieve the same objectives that we are to industrialize additive for the market. And you know, it's been a pleasure to work with all of our partners in order to help the market you know, progress and, and advance. I think those relationships with partners have been extremely valuable on both sides. I mean, you know, the reason you partner with other companies is because they bring capabilities and knowledge to the table that you yourself don't have. So we get to learn from them and they get to learn from us. And this eventually gets reflected in the products we turn out where our customers get to benefit from the strengths of both organizations. How about we shift gears just a bit here and talk about what you're seeing with customers? You know, you get to spend a lot more one-on-one time with customers than I do these days. When you're out in the field and you're talking with the various customers we work with, what kinds of companies are adopting Additive and, and what are the reasons they're giving you for pursuing this technology? I think that all kinds of companies are trying to adopt Additive. Many of the companies that I've been engaging with recently have been companies who have been working in the additive space between, you know, say, the last five and 10 years and looking to advance the use of additive within their organizations and expand the use of additive into their product development, engineering, and manufacturing operations. This is kind of a part of the effort to scale up industrial additive manufacturing. And these types of companies are, are looking for a consistent set of capabilities and tools that their broader engineering communities can leverage. These companies are in all kinds of industries, in aerospace, automotive, consumer goods, electronics, energy, machinery, marine, and medical. And they're ultimately you know, looking to leverage additive in order to generate greater value for the products that they offer to their customers in the market. Yeah, you know, it, it seems to me that the market is segmented into, I don't know, maybe three groups at the moment. There's the early adopters who went through the learning process and have come out the other end with their nice processes that work mostly for them. Those people are looking to tweak things around the edges to eke out the efficiencies and the quality that they think will bring them to the next level. And then there are, of course, there are intermediate companies who've started that learning process but are not quite through the woods yet. And, and of course, there are tire kickers who are still trying to figure out how additive fits in their organization. I assume the companies we're talking to have a bazillion reasons why they're adopting additive, but as we talked about earlier, their production aids and consolidation are some of the use cases we've seen. What else is out there? What are companies doing with additive that's interesting? I know, I think I've heard about some part repair in some cases, maybe. Yeah, there, there are a number of applications, I think, in, in every industry and in every company that we engage with, any of these customers are looking to develop more than one type of application. They're looking at production aids, could be grippers, handling devices, tooling, work holding devices. In many cases, companies are thinking about how to add even more value to their manufacturing operations with these types of production aids. And they're looking at how do we topology optimize for lighter weight tooling devices or grippers that might go into the automation equipment in order to start to minimize energy utilization and also maybe speed up the process. Companies are looking at leveraging additive for part repair, you know, in refurbishment. How can we take 
turbine blades and you know, leverage, let's say, a DED process to be able to add material, you know, remove material, add material to the blades such that we don't have to create the blade from scratch, but just uh, use additive to fix it and move on. Other organizations are looking at additive for part replacement, digital inventory. We all recognize that the casting process is quite time-consuming and expensive. Building you know, a physical inventory of cast parts can be cost-prohibitive, and ordering parts for casting can take a long time. Companies are looking to kind of analyze their bills of materials of cast parts within the products they offer and are beginning to turn to additive as an alternative manufacturing approach where we don't have to create a physical inventory, but now we can maybe tap into a digital inventory of parts that you know, reside in the cloud. And we pull those parts out of the cloud and produce them on demand when we need them. Companies are looking at part and system consolidation. Some companies have visions for embedded electronics, and we're seeing different startup companies getting engaged in this area, as well as some of the larger name machine OEMs also looking at different approaches of combining materials in parts that are printed in order to be able to support electronics. Other applications are around performance optimization. I mentioned light weighting before, but also thermal and flow optimization, looking at how do we better manage the heat in the system to enhance the performance of the product that the parts are in. Energy management, I think, is an interesting application area where companies are looking at leveraging advanced lattice structures in order to better absorb energy, like a cushioning effect, maybe as a foam alternative. Companies are beginning to look at replacing the soles of shoes with lattice structures that are personalized to the runner who's going to be wearing those shoes and races. So all kinds of, I think, really fascinating applications that the companies are investing in. It's a quite um, exciting space and it's a fun innovation process to be able to engage directly with these customers and help them work out the best ways to be able to engineer and produce these types of parts. I agree. It's going to be real fun to watch this industry evolve over the next few years as more and more companies get experience with designing parts for printing and experience with the printing process. You know, that high level of innovation and potential is one of the things that I find most exciting about working in this field today. Well, I think we've covered a lot in our conversation today. I'd like to thank my guest, Aaron Frankel, Vice President of Siemens Digital Industries Software Additive Manufacturing Program. And I'd like to thank the Siemens Thought Leadership Team for sponsoring this podcast. My name is Ashley Eckhoff. I hope you'll tune in for episode two, where we will continue the discussion about additive manufacturing and the way it's going to change our world. Thanks for listening, everyone.